good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut any cut Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You are absolutely right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by Fair Financial. You work hard for every cent you make. You have bills and you have goals. Choose a bank that's going to support you along the way. That's Fair Financial Banking. No overdraft fees, no minimum balance, no credit score required. Call 651-262-2173 to talk to a Fair Financial enroller to open your account today. Keep more of your money. That's Fair. www.fairfinancial.org. Fair is a program of Prepper and Prosper, a nonprofit organization and it's not a bank banking services are provided by sunrise banks and a member at the ic hey nice freed hey uh also uh, on a somber note today it's a, a 9 11 uh uh 2001 and i'll never forget where i was uh i was teaching high school and i was walking to the bathroom and heading back to the bathroom i i noticed uh, a couple classrooms were watching their tv and I rushed to my room, and we turned the TV on and saw the second plane go into the World Trade Center and changed everybody's life to that day. Um, just want to uh, mention that my uh, niece's husband uh, lost uh, two parents in that, and uh, so that it's always heavy on our heart when we talk about uh, uh, 9-11. Um, it's, uh, it's a somber time. I want to also, before we get Dr. Stately on, is uh, talk a little bit about, uh, we have some tickets, Haley, we want to give out in, uh, maybe in the next segment, so everyone get ready. I'm going to give the number here really quick, and then um, don't call now, but uh, call in the second segment when Haley gives you the, gives you the thumbs up uh, uh, over the radio. It'll be hard to see, but over the radio. But um, Haley, uh, what do we got to give away? Yeah, so we got our Ray Bonneville and Corey Medina and brothers are going to be at the Cedar Cultural Center this Friday. Their show begins at 8 p.m. Doors open at 7 p.m. Uh, this is for all ages. Uh, we'll be handing out. We've got pairs of tickets. We've got uh, four pairs of tickets that we'll be handing out this week. So make sure you're tuning in. This is presented by KFI and the Cedar. Uh, so it's a bunch of we got some blues music. So if you're yeah. into blues. I love Corey Medina, and uh, he uh, was at the fair last year and played two days. And then I went up to uh, that big concert in Duluth where all those people were playing, and uh, he was up there jamming, and he had a Resist shirt on, too, that I gave him. But uh, that's that's a whole other story. Hey, we have Dr. Stately here on Native Roots Radio, and we are always blessed and pleased to have Dr. Stately on. Welcome to Native Roots Radio. It seems like I haven't talked to you in a long time. It's been a while. How have you been? Been pretty good. The fair wore us out, but I only worked a couple days. But it, just the hot weather and going there trying to enjoy it. Did I did end up watching, seeing uh, uh, Brandy Carlisle. We were in the 10th row there. Because, oh, you know, man. That would have been a nice thing to go to. Wendy's a ticket snob, so we had to get the 10th row. So I, I, I go along with that because you only live r- once, right? <laughs> right yeah i um yeah. i saw uh i saw um lauren hill um on friday i was in the nosebleed section way 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 in the back section where oh. standing room only yeah and um i love lauren hill there's great acoustics in that little stadium it holds seventeen thousand. yeah well this is in the um, amphitheater <clears throat> and um which held i think feels like way more than that but um and the it was it was great it was just great to see her like you know it was cool like celebrating the 25th anniversary of her 
Miseducational Lauren Hill um, on CD. Wow. I can't so believe it. So I was it. excited. I listened to it every day, a couple mm-hmm. times a day, every day for about a week before I went to go see her. So that's kind of cool. Okay. That thing, that thing. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. yeah, that <laughs> video is like a classic video, too. Uh, I think Spike Lee did that video, and it was uh, split screen so, yeah. from the 50s and the, and the current time, and it was uh, – uh, done really well. I, I it, it holds it holds um, its age very well, I think. But then again, I'm old for so sure, and for sure, and it um, yeah, and it's. I think the lyrics about it are still pretty relevant, still yep. too, and you know, it's just kind of really, and it was amazing to listen to her live. Um, anyway, yeah, it was a, it was a nice evening. It was nice to be outside, you know, mm-hmm. a little crisp. A little crisp for a first week in July, uh, September, actually. So I was like, oh, wow, are we already in full-on fall? Yeah, is exactly. winter Is winter right around the corner? <laughs> well, like I don't know. I don't know. It, I was in New York, you know, for a few days, and uh, it was a million degrees there. In the city, city yes. sweating and walking, and you know how we like to walk. We still put eighteen thousand steps on, but it was like a million degrees. And we did the tourist thing. We went, we went on the um, uh, the on on the um, the tower there. Uh, what the heck? Not the World Trade Tower. The the old Empire, Empire State, State Building. Yeah, yeah. And we hadn't done that. In like your, yeah, I saw your and pictures the, on your Facebook. It was pretty good. Remarkable! I said, "Oh, look at them! They're just doing the whole touristy thing." That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> it was fun, and then, we, and then Sunday we went to the uh, museum, and that's always it's always crazy because there's such striking uh, art, and they go into the 30s, 40s, 50s. They go up like that, and then you'll see like Andy Warhol's uh, silk screens, and you're just kind of going. This guy cheated. Um, <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Factory um, working. I didn't even remember that whole deal. And it's just like he had people working for him and doing silk screens and he called it art. So I don't know. It's all in the eye of the beholder. But I'll tell you, it really inspired Wendy. And uh, that's all it counts. Yeah. He was a remarkable artist for his time. I mean, you know, I think we, he was probably, you know, he, he had an, he had, Interesting looking art. I don't know if you've ever seen his Cowboys and Indians series or not, but you know, I remember yet like the old John Wayne one, and then he had mm-hmm. that that um, iconic picture of so like Sitting Bull and John Wayne and a few other folks. But then he, or I think it might have been Custer as well. But he also had um, a remarkable, iconic um, image of um, you know that mother and papoose, and mm-hmm. I actually bought. Um, my ex-partner and I from 20 or 25 years ago, maybe 28 years ago, um, bought a copy of, um, a print, bought that print when we were in New York and Soho way back in the day. And, um, Mm. yeah, it was a remarkable, um, piece to own. And then we got, we got, we got divorced and, um, you know, he was a wealthy white man, so he kept it. Wow. Again, stealing our land and now you're painting. What next? Well, yeah. And, and, you know, he's like, you know, he said that wasn't actually a birthday gift for me. And we got separated. <laughs> wow. That isn't how you remember. Yeah. One oh, day I'll did. write about him prolifically <laughs> in my memoir and I'll, uh, I'll name all the dirty deeds. Right <laughs> on. That's good. Maybe it'll be a big book story. <laughs> no, no, not quite like not quite like that. But you know, let's see. I was this was actually this was actually after I was sober. I was sober like six, seven years, I think. Then, but oh heck, you could elaborate. Bill W did. Um, so, so uh, Doctor Staley, can you hold on uh, for another segment? We got uh, an update from uh, our Lieutenant Governor. I'd like to co- have you comment on and. Uh, and uh, we'll do our thing. It's great to see you. This is Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. ho When we heal from our traumas. When we face our fears. Let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. 
when we honor and take care of our spirit, there will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Back to school season is here. And while this is an exciting time for parents, kids, and educators, let's not forget how far we've come in our battle against COVID-19. We're in a better place, but COVID-19 is still here, and we need to continue to help protect our communities. With the flurry of new schedules and classrooms, let's not overlook the fundamentals of staying safe. Wash your hands regularly and watch for any symptoms like fever, chills, a cough, or shortness of breath. Should you or someone you know have COVID-19 symptoms, stay home and get tested. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. Let's have this back-to-school season be a time of renewed commitment to our collective health and brighter future for our Native communities. Again, find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Join Mary T. on Wednesday, September 13th from 3 to 6 p.m. for an open house for the brand new Outpatient Therapy and Wellness Center. The Outpatient Therapy and Wellness Center offers physical, occupational, speech, and lymphedema therapies. Enjoy massage, yoga, meditation, and Tibetan medicine. They will partner with you on your healing journey and get you back to a quality of life that is meaningful to you. Mary T. Incorporated empowers people to live their best life by facilitating independence and overall wellness. The Mary T. Outpatient Therapy and Wellness Center offers a unique integrative health and wellness experience to their clients. All major health insurance providers accepted. Visits are by appointment only. Call 763-489-3638 to schedule your first visit. The Mary T. Outpatient Therapy and Wellness Center is located at 11800 Zeon Boulevard, Northwest in Coon Rapids. Find details at marytinc.com slash outpatient dash therapy. That's marytinc.com slash outpatient dash therapy. Go for therapy, experience wellness. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back. Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Yes, they do. Hey, we're here at Dr. Stately, and uh, we got a couple things we got to do, Dr. Stately, before we get back to you. And one of them is we have uh, that uh, ticket. We're give, handing out uh, concert tickets, uh, Dr. Stately. We're like totally legit, like your favorite station does. Oh, wow, like KSTP or what is it? Just 95? But Corey Medina is worth the the ticket price himself, and it's at, it's at the Cedar Culture Club, right, Haley? Oh, the Cedar Culture awesome. Center, yeah, Minneapolis. Yeah. So what are we going to do, or uh, Haley? Are we going to take the third caller at yes, 952- Nine five two nine four six six two zero five nine five two nine four six six two zero five. I'll give that number out again real quick as nine five two nine four six six two zero five and Dr. Staley is calling up. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so while we're waiting for the this uh this um caller to call in, why don't we take a quick a quick listen to our favorite lieutenant governor of the whole wide world, Peggy Flanagan. Bonjour, Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan here. Happy fall. It's been a busy and fun start to September. I kicked off the month at the state fair and had a blast all seven days that I attended. Some fair highlights included the incredible crop art, one of me, if you can imagine, dill pickle paletas from Hamlin Dining Hall, and shopping at the one and only Native Roots Trading Post Market. At the end of August, history was made when Governor Walls appointed Chief Justice Natalie Hudson to the Minnesota Supreme Court. Since 1849, Minnesota Supreme Court has had 21 Chief Justices. 19 have been men, two have been women, but not one of them has been a person of color. Chief Justice Hudson is making history as the first black woman appointed to lead our state's judiciary. She is a highly qualified leader who has dedicated her career to serving the people of Minnesota. 
Her historic appointment is another important first in our state's history that will continue the work of opening doors and moving Minnesota towards justice and representation for all Minnesotans. To celebrate the new school year, Governor Walls and I traveled to schools across the state from Bloomington to Columbia Heights to White Bear Lake to Rochester to welcome students back and see our new free school meals program in action for the first time in Minnesota history. While at the White Bear Lake High School, I had the chance to see my friend, American Indian Education Program Coordinator, Vincent Patton. Vincent is ensuring that the program's mission of providing meaningful, intentional, effective academic and non-academic services to and opportunities for every American Indian student is prioritized while also fostering a cultural identity, pride, and intercultural education for all students. These school visits and being with leaders like Vincent and the students he serve remind me just how much progress we've made to make sure that all of our Native students feel supported and have the opportunity to grow and thrive in Minnesota and beyond. But you know, it takes all of us to make an impact. That's why we passed a, a law this year in our education budget requiring Minnesota teachers renewing their license to undergo training about Native American history and culture. When I was a kid, Native American history and culture were not actively taught in school, but Native history is Minnesota history. And this training is one step forward to ensuring the full history of Minnesota is truly understood and here to stay. The governor and I also strongly believe that all levels of education should be accessible and affordable, no matter your family's economic status. That's why this past session we passed an education bill that included money for Minnesota families making a household income less than $80,000 to attend Minnesota state universities and colleges for free. The scholarship will cover up to 60 credits towards a certificate or an associate degree, or up to 120 credits towards a bachelor's degree, and is paid directly to the institution where the student is enrolled. And Minnesotans will automatically qualify if they fill out the free application for federal student aid, or the FAFSA form. We estimate that these scholarships will benefit about 15,000 Minnesotans and make a major impact on these families and our state's economy. This is also an opportunity for us to continue ensuring that some of our best and brightest who leave the state for financial reasons can choose Minnesota schools. September also marks our fifth annual Governor and Tribal Leaders Summit on the 20th. We are committed to ensuring that these partnerships we have embedded in government-to-government -government relationships will remain and become the fabric of state government in a historic and impactful way. The governor and I look forward to hearing from our 11 tribal leaders later this month. And with that being said, don't hesitate to reach out to your local leaders or to our office to let us know what you want to see from these partnerships. Every voice matters. So miigwech, pidamiaye, pinagigi, and back to you. Wow, thank you very much. That's uh, awesome, uh, Haley. And uh, that was cool that you mentioned uh, stopping by Native Roots Trading Post, who she's uh, always uh, a welcome sight to see in the beginning of the fair. And uh, just... Uh, we we love the lieutenant governor. I wonder I wonder if we should uh do we have time to play uh Governor Evers too? Why don't we do that while uh, Dr. Stately had to had to um run out for just a second. Why can we can we do that? Can we play uh, Hey there, Gov Native Roots Radio. Governor Tony Evers here with my weekly update. I always say what's best for our kids is best for our state and what's best for our families and workforce too. Earlier this year, I proposed a comprehensive budget plan to address our state's long-standing workforce challenges, support working families, and maintain our economic momentum. Unfortunately, the Republicans in the legislature rejected many of those efforts. That's why on September 20th, I'm calling a special session of the legislature to complete their work on the budget. That includes creating a first-of-its-kind Wisconsin paid family and medical leave program. This program will provide all public and most private employees with 12 weeks of paid family and medical leave. Paid family and medical leave helps ensure working parents can put their kids and families first without having to leave the workforce due to a major life event and helps us compete with employers in other states who do have paid leave. 
We're also going to expand eligibility so workers have the flexibility to respond to their families' unique needs. Folks, this isn't a partisan issue. 73% of Wisconsin voters, including 62% of Republicans, support requiring businesses to provide paid leave for new parents. We should be able to work together on policies that have broad bipartisan support, especially if it helps support working families. I'm urging lawmakers to come in, do the right thing, and get this done for Wisconsin on September 20th. Thank you. Back to you, Robert, and Native Roots Radio. Well, thank you so much, uh, Governor Evers, for that update. Wow, two uh, high-powered updates there, Haley. And uh, we'll probably have to, uh, at the... uh, let people know who won those tickets uh, next segment, but uh, totally excited uh, about uh, going there and Corey Medina and uh, uh, what a great Native American artist he is. Um, he just rocks it. Uh, Dr. Stately, uh, it was great to hear from the senator, and then we played the governor of Wisconsin too, uh, his report, which was pretty awesome but it's just that time of year where things are shaken out uh i guess here in the 20th uh there the governor's meeting with all 11 tribes here in minnesota and uh getting that going and it just just seems like they just did that so things are flying again in a a good way here in minnesota yeah i think he does it annually he meets Mm -hmm. with them meets with them annually to discuss issues related to the tribe of the 11 tribal nations yeah. But um, I was happy to hear the um, Lieutenant Governor's uh, report um, and hear about the um, the work being done around the implementation of the Indian Education for All Bill that passed in the last legislative session. Such a critically important um, piece of legislation and is going to really significantly um, change and improve our ability to sort of tell the true narrative of, uh, of the history, language, and culture of Minnesota's Dakota and Ojibwe people, um, something that is really important for us to get right. Um, my kids are entering their, ju- their junior year, and they just started um, school probably about three years, like, so um, uh, they're on their fifth day of school, and I know that they're taking U.S. history Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, their, this first semester of their junior year. And um, one of the things I'm waiting to see is like, you know, how much of uh, the narrative um, or the work that gets integrated into that classroom focuses correctly around um, the roles and the um, and the true history of Indigenous people. And um, you're kind of getting a little, some eyes on that. But um, it's important Um you know, indigenous history or the native history is the history of the United States um, as yeah. well. So, U.S. So. Well, I, I hope there's a, a way to enforce it, too, uh, because I know Wisconsin has that on the books, but there's no way that they enforce it that I've heard. And so let's keep our eyes peeled on what happens here. But, uh, I think the legislative said, I think the, the, the bill addresses that, but I think the bigger issue is implementation. Like, of course, it's like, how do we make sure that all of those, I don't know, it's something like 20,000, 30,000 teachers in the state have to be trained in that information. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, we're here with Dr. Stately, CEO of Native American Community Clinic, and we're just having our fireside chat here as usual and just uh, kick back here. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let let howl. 
Outfront Minnesota is a driving force behind LGBTQ plus advocacy in our state, and they're gearing up to honor our state's monumental achievements in protecting our LGBTQ plus neighbors. While other states took steps backwards, Minnesota had the greatest advance in LGBTQ plus rights in 10 years. We showed that Minnesota is committed to affirming our values as a state that trusts individuals to make informed decisions about their bodies and lives, while also taking pride in delivering exceptional health care and supporting communities in need. We passed a conversion therapy ban and a trans refuge bill. And now Upfront Minnesota is ready to lead Minnesota towards even a brighter future. To celebrate, Outfront Minnesota is hosting their annual gala, where we bring in together more than 700 guests at Allianz Field on Thursday, September 14th. The event celebrates a year of legislative wins while honoring diverse communities propelling Minnesota forward into next year. Again, that's Thursday, September 14th at Allianz Field with a dinner at 6 and party at 8. So come celebrate Minnesota's progress on LGBTQ plus rights and order your tickets at Outfront.org. When a drunk driver hit my car, the structural integrity and safety features of my Toyota Sienna saved my life. I will always own one. That's it. That's the ad. I don't think I need to add anything else, but I'll gladly mention their sales team is attentive and friendly, their service department is the best in the state, and their vehicles, you can put a lot of faith in the quality and safety of a Toyota vehicle. The structural integrity and safety features of my Toyota Sienna saved my life. I will always own one. That says it all. Rudy Luther Toyota, 5 miles west of Minneapolis on 394. Peace of mind shouldn't cost a fortune. We keep things simple at Schroman Law because we believe planning for your estate and end-of-life care shouldn't be stressful or expensive. Every client relationship starts with a free consultation so clients have the information they need before making important decisions. From there, we work closely with clients to ensure they are choosing the most efficient and cost-effective plans for their specific needs. Schedule a free consultation today at schromanlaw.com. That's S-C-H-R-O-M-E-N law.com. How does this sound? Doesn't this sound better? If you've decided to level your home and build new or to renovate, hire Better Futures Minnesota instead to take it apart by hand. Think before you scrap. Think of the energy and greenhouse gases saved when someone repurposes your old cabinets, fixtures, and lumber. Think of all the resources saved by diverting those building materials from the landfill. Better Futures Minnesota makes it happen for you. Hennepin County residents and public entities, funds are available to make the environmentally responsible alternative comparable to a typical demolition. For more information, check out BetterFuturesMinnesota.com. That's BetterFuturesMinnesota.com. Or call 612-351-8650. And don't forget to shop the Reuse Warehouse in Minneapolis. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. A chance of rain late tonight with a low of 53, then another chance of showers and storms on Tuesday with a high of 66. Nightingale is your cozy, comfortable neighborhood bar and restaurant at 26th and Lindale in Minneapolis. Come in for the famous Nightingale burger or the ginger tamari chicken wings. View their menu or place a takeout order at nightingalempls.com. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, Haley, do we have a winner? Uh, I hear rumors we do. It was Marin Hardy. Wow, cool. And what did oh. she win again? Oh, oh Dr. Stacey's <laughs> mad. <laughs> yes, she won the pair. We've got a pair of tickets to the Ray Bonneville and uh, Corey, Corey Medina show. Corey Medina, Medina show yeah. this Friday at the Cedars Cultural Center. So we've got another pair of tickets that we're going to be giving away tomorrow. And then we got a couple pairs that we are going to give away on Wednesday. So make sure you're tuning in for those. Right. And then we're going to pick a different caller each time. So that's going to be really cool. Again, uh, we're doing it like uh, Dr. Stately's favorite station there. We're giving away stuff here. And next thing, uh, next week I'll be giving away this painting over here in my office. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. make, sure, make sure you dust it off before you give it away. 
That's right. <laughs> exactly. So here we're here with uh, Dr. Stately, uh, CEO of Native American Community Clinic. And Dr. Stately, I was in New York, and now you lived in California for a long time. I want to kind of ask you something about this. So I was in New York, and I was at the Museum of uh, Natural Art or whatever it's called, MO, MoMA or whatever, and uh, I didn't see any I didn't see any Native American art. Uh, I did see sections where the African American ha- had uh, like a whole room and there were certain photographs and things like that in a different era. I think it was the 40s or 50s. So that, and it's, I don't know if it's because New York was colonized, one of the first, uh, the East Coast there, but it seems like we're not around anywhere. I know there's a museum, a really nice museum, a Native American museum. Um, down uh, down by Battery Park, but it seems like it's few and far between, and we're lucky to live here in Minnesota and have things like these laws and politicians and and uh, things like that to, to look up to and look forward to, and it seems like it's a desert out there out east. It looks like Dr. Stately froze. He had, <laughs> oh, no. He must be in the Arctic. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not. But I am at uh in um Prior Lake where they have the worst uh internet service on, on the planet perhaps, I guess. Um which oh, is um yeah. which is ironic considering that it's a very wealthy community, but I guess all their wealth goes into I don't know, something other than the internet. Um <laughs> so just kidding. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm salty. I, I'm salty about it. There's um, only two uh, local um, internet companies. None, well, what do you, none of them pay. So. What did you um, think I think that started? has a lot to do with the fact that you know. I think you know there was. I mean, I think that <clears throat> across across the spectrum in um, uh, the United States, I think writ large. Um, there has been an active um, effort to erase Native voice and um, history and um, presence um, across all kinds of, um, you know, um, enterprises, including, um, you know, the industry of art and museums and such, you know. It's like um, a lot of places won't do it unless they have, you know, a quote-unquote, you know, large um population near and around their museum that has a, an interest in, in indigenous or native art you know so that means things like you know um nearby reservations or you know i don't know like you know i think you probably <clears throat> have a lot of that and maybe in oklahoma right where there's a lot of tribes that were relocated nearby um those kinds of things but i think minnesota is unique in a lot of ways like we have think about how unique we are is we have 11 tribal nations in the state we have um you know it is the birthplace of a lot of um you know sort of grassroots kinds of organizations that have done a lot to change you know the the um the visibility and the narrative and the uh, and and the um the understanding of native people in terms of their rights, their humanity, their history, all those things. A lot of that stuff took place here in Minnesota. You know, Minnesota is the birthplace of or things like um, American Indian movement there and the birthplace of um, Indian education. The, uh, Minnesota Indian Education Association is actually older than the National Indian Education Association. I think NIEA um, you know, structured their, um, their um, uh, convention around MIEA. Um, you know, we were the birthplace of um, um, Indian health, um, all kinds of things. And we have a rich, rich history of resistance here, and we have a rich, rich history of, you know, um, lifting up the, um, and doing the work of lifting up the voices and the um, the understanding of our community and, and all of our needs and, our, and the things that we, that are important in our community. Um, we're, we're an active bunch, right? We're a, we're a state in a uh, a state of activists and so you know i think it has a lot to do with like how you know um you know 
good communities are and being able to coalesce power and co- build coalition building and leverage that into sort of having an, uh, an active presence in the larger society. Um, unfortunately, a lot of places don't sort of just actively independently do those things without sort of having, you know, folks from their community say, hey, here's a story or here's a, here's a part of this uh, of the community that you're missing um, some, some voice and some um, information on. Yeah, what, I lived in uh, Los Angeles. I didn't really see a whole lot either. Like there were a couple places, but mm-hmm. there wasn't a big presence, which was interesting considering that Los Angeles is considered one of the largest populations of Native people. But it's four thousand square miles, and they're dispersed all okay. over the place. So, well, and there there's eight million people in the city too. So uh, there, yeah, there are there are places uh, again. I talked about the museum, and there's a, a place. On uh, uh, that I was trying to find that uh, it was hard to find because it's up in a building and it's stuff's kind of hidden there too. I mean, in the mm-hmm. city, as you know, it's like you go upstairs and you go, "Oh my God, this is a beautiful restaurant here." You wouldn't never known by the, on the street. Yep, yep. When I lived in Los Angeles, the Gene Autry Museum was pretty well known for doing things like performance art and the other things. Um, they had a lot of plays that would happen there and other kinds of performance things happen. So, um, and there, there are other places in Los Angeles in and around, um, Los Angeles County and the, and the various areas, San Diego as well. There's a very, I think there's a strong sort of, um, you know, indigenous, um, you know, artistic presence in San Francisco and Oakland particularly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it was just, I don't know, it was just kind of weird for me because I'm so used to, you know, uh, driving to the Powell grounds or seeing you yeah. or seeing somebody on the street. And and then you still see people that look native and you're not sure. And, you know, they got the braids and everything and you try to give them a, a hoo and they don't hear you because you're in a noisy city and it smells like weed everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the Lauren Hill concert, actually. Um <laughs> Uh, what was, what's, I think is really unique is like, we do have such a rich opportunity to sort of be seen all over and see ourselves reflected in, in a lot of places. And even with that being true here in Minnesota and particularly in the Twin Cities, that isn't really actually, um, all that abundant outside of the Twin Cities. There's some, you know, there's some places and spaces in the in the state where, um, you know, it's still probably, you know, um, a lot like living in the middle of nowhere where you don't see an an Indian um, and anything reflected outside of like, you know, gun billboards and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, we got the Marlena Miles bus that was, that's always uh, driving around the Twin Cities, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that is. So we're totally blessed here in the Twin Cities. And I know in Wisconsin, we're, we're all over too. There's 11 tribes there, and it's also um, a lot of things happening in Native Wise. Especially, it's interesting too because I really didn't realize, and I think you might have told me that the high percentage of Native Americans that live off a reservation, something like 70 or 65 percent, and um, yeah. so the inner cities happen in in a lot of different ways, where the the rural area is still. Uh, populated by uh, not only our native reservations, but also um, people that don't like native people that live amongst us. So there's that too. Yeah, I think one of the things I circling back, I think that's one of the reasons why I think this um, the bill, our education for all, native education for all, our indigenous education for all is really an important thing it's like you know people don't know like you know this generation of individuals growing up at this point in time and you know both um you know inner city minnesota and then out in the um rural areas like how else can we help them to understand who we are as indigenous people and get to understand who we are as real humans not not something that lived centuries ago in a textbook or in john wayne movies the right. same thing that lives today, now, today, contemporaneously, right here next door to you, and what we look like and how we live and what are our um, values and those kinds of things. Um, those right. are really important things for them to begin to understand because we're right here, right next to them. 
every day. So Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, even just a spit throw away from me, there's another uh, Winnebago that lives right up the, the street for where, where I'm at. And somebody delivered me uh, uh, a Ho-Chunk magazine accidentally that lived a couple blocks from me that I had no idea. And so there's a small percentage, but we're, we're yeah. loud and proud. And uh, I'm blessed to be here in Minnesota and see all these great things. You know, your your clinic and how... Franklin Avenue and just being Ho-Chunk and all the other uh, Prairie Island, you know, all these uh, powerful tribes that are doing good for their people. Yes, there's a lot that goes on in the state of Minnesota that a lot of people don't know about. Like, I think probably a lot of people don't know that um, the 11 tribes, I think, are the 14th largest employer in the United, in, in the state of Minnesota. Um, we contribute greatly to the economic well-being of the state, right? Yeah. Well, Dr. Stately, thank you so, so much uh, for being on. It's always great having this great conversation with you. We'll be reaching out to you, Haley and I, uh, about another project here this week. We're excited to, to get that rolling, too. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we were with Dr. Stately, President and Executive Officer of Native American Community Clinic. Stay with us. All right. Up next, Wendy. Be a vaccinative. It's time to come together and talk about the urgent need to stay up to date on COVID-19 vaccinations to protect our heritage, our loved ones, and our future. Throughout history, we have always faced challenges, and today we must protect our culture and loved ones. This is our opportunity to ensure that our tribal gatherings once again resound with joy and celebration where the echoes of our ancestors guide our steps. It's a chance to care for our elders, cherishing their wisdom and stories for generations to come. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Let us unite, resilient as ever, and show the world the strength of the Native American community. Together, we shape a future where our traditions thrive, our children learn from our ancestors, and our people flourish once more. So be a vaccinative and learn more about staying up to date with your COVID vaccinations at health.state.mn. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. The place for autumn fun is the Park Tavern. Live music is taking over the Park Tavern's dog-friendly patio this fall. Head over on Tuesday, September 12th for the American Bootleg. Wednesday, September 13th, it's Three Dragons. And on Thursday, September 14th, it's the wonderful Katie Tessman. Music runs from 5.30 to 8 p.m. and reservations for groups of eight or more are recommended. And the Park Tavern offers private and semi-private spaces for small and large groups with no room fees and no minimum spending requirements. On Louisiana Avenue, north of Highway 7 in St. Louis Park, autumn fun is waiting for you at the Park Tavern. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Dr. Stately brought brought Dr. Stately back for a howl. Hey, that um, is such a sad howl. (laughs) Hey, I want to introduce my awesome, beautiful wife, Wendy. Wendy has a sacred animal update. Let's take a listen. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Haley. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level, and it's always my pleasure to do that. Today I'm going to be talking about the dogs who helped uh, with the 9-11 rescue mission Uh, Today we're recognizing the 22nd year anniversary of the terrorist attack. 
Volunteer firefighters, police officers, and rescue workers from around the world rushed, rushed to aid of New York City and Washington, D.C. in the days following the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001. Among these heroes were some of the four-legged variety, dog heroes, Riley, iconic photos of Riley being transported alone through the on-site debris have been shared thousands of times since 2001. This search and rescue golden retriever was formerly trained to locate survivors of the attacks, desperately searching the World Trade Center as part of FEMA's Pennsylvania Task Force 1. His image is a beacon of hope at Ground Zero, brought motivation and comfort to the firefighters and police officers tirelessly working through the tragedy. Riley provided his owner, Chris Selfridge, and his nation with over 13 years of love and support. Riley's passing in 2010 helped inspire a study of the long-term effects that rigorous search and rescue work have had on canine health. You could Google Riley 911 dog and look at the iconic photos of Riley being transported alone through the on-site of that um, debris. It's, it's pretty breathtaking, actually. And we're going to talk about Apollo. Apollo, a German shepherd, Apollo graduated from the New York Police Department Canine Special Operations Division when he was only two years old. He was one of New York City's top dogs throughout the 1990s and worked with the first New York Police Department canine urban search and rescue team. Apollo and his handler, Peter Davis, were the first canine search and rescue team to answer the call on September 11th, arriving at the South Tower just 15 minutes after its collapse. From that moment on, Apollo looked for survivors 18 hours a day for weeks on end. His search and rescue work earned him one of the first AKC Humane Fund Awards awards for canine excellence in 2001, as well as the Dickin Medal on behalf of all Patriot Day search and rescue dogs, awarded for tireless courage in the service of humanity during the search and rescue operations in New York and Washington on and after September 11, 2001. Sage. Sage was a two-year-old when search and rescue border collie and her handler, Diane Wetzel, worked at the Pentagon after Pentagon after the 9-11 attacks. With the highest level of recognition from the Federal Emergency Management Agency, Sage was one of the nation's top 50 dogs in the search and rescue field. She and her handler continued their careers in SAR by rescuing animals stranded by Hurricane uh, Rita and Hurricane Katrina before their deployment to Iraq in 2007. Once retired, Sage became a part of the 9-11 Search and Rescue Dog study done by the University of Pennsylvania, funded by the AKC Canine Health Foundation. She was also honored with the 2009 Search and Rescue Award for Canine Excellence before crossing the Rainbow Bridge in 2012 at the age of 13. Brittany... Brittany was known as the last living search and rescue dog to have worked at Ground Zero. Brittany and her owner handler, Denise Corliss, worked 12-hour shifts on rescue and recovery for 10 days straight after the attacks on September 11th. This golden retriever's career training began at just eight weeks old, making her a lifelong veteran of rescue missions, including Hurricanes Katrina, Rita, and Ivan. After her retirement from the workforce at age nine, Brittany took her talents to a local elementary school where she helped first graders as a reading assistance dog for her remaining years. Brittany crossed the Rainbow Bridge with her owners by her side at the age of 16 in Texas, where she was saluted by representatives from the armed forces and local fire departments. Tracker. 
Tracker was a German shepherd who answered the call for action that fateful day with his Canadian police officer and handler, James Symington. The duo is credited with finding the last remaining survivor from the World Trade Center after she had been trapped for 26 hours. Time awarded Tracker with the sixth spot on their published list of top 10 heroic animals. Seven years later, Symington entered Tracker in a bio arts international contest where the winner's DNA would be cloned. Tracker had what it took as an exceptional canine specimen and was cloned five times before his passing in 2009 at the age of 14. The Tracker puppy clones, Trust, Solace, Valor, Prodigy, and Deja Vu, are continuing Tracker's legacy and all started their training as search and rescue dogs in 2011. Within hours of the 9-11 attacks, thousands of rescue workers from across America deployed to Ground Zero to help. Joining the endeavor were an estimated 300 specially trained dogs with experience, not only in search and rescue, but police work, therapy, and comfort provisions. Search and rescue dogs, like we said before, SAR or SAR, specialize in disaster response skills. Trained to detect the scent of living humans, their mission was to find survivors buried in the rubble. One of the dogs found the last living person rescued from ground zero 27 hours after the collapse of the towers. As the day went on, rescue and recovery workers realized the chance of finding survivors was increasingly slim and the operation turned its focus to recovery. Cadaver dogs trained to find human remains were also on the scene. Alongside their handlers, the four-legged heroes worked tirelessly climbing huge piles of debris while fires still smoldered. The search for the signs, the search for signs of life or human remains was mentally and physically taxing on the dogs who became discouraged and started losing their drive to continuing to continue. Recognizing the importance of motivation among the dog handlers would stage a mock find so the animals would feel successful. So this is a wonderful way for the dogs to keep motivated and keep them going so they wouldn't be depressed. I just want to thank everybody out there who were part of the rescue teams. I know some people really have a lot of suffer from PTSD from this awful, um, horrible terrorist attack. And we just want to recognize and just bow our heads um, and give a moment of of silence and, and recognize all the people who lost their lives and the families that were affected by this tragedy. Um, Back to you, Robert. Back to you, Haley. Thank you to all the two-legged rescue workers and the four-legged rescue workers. Thank you so much, Wendy. Uh, you know, and thank you so much, Dr. Stately of NAC. You have been listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. The American dream is a dream for a reason. You have to be asleep to believe it. Wake up with us. We are still here. We are the seventh generation and free Leonard Peltier. Now. Ah!